Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. If you really want to get something from God, you ought to have children pray for you. Now, since Melody's in here, she can affirm this. Uh, but I remember bef- we were living in Denver, Colorado. No, actually, we were living in Denver, Pennsylvania. How many of there's a difference between the two? So anyway, we were in Denver, Pennsylvania, and Melody was having a real rough time, and actually she was on the verge of dying. And um, so, you know, me being in the ministry, you know, I'm praying for my wife to be healed, and um, so I walk out of the room, and Rebecca, I don't know how old she was, was she four? Three, three, say three. She walked in and laid hands on Melody and said, I forget what she said, but she said, devil, take your hands off my mommy in the name of Jesus. Devil, get away from my mommy in the name of Jesus. And to make a long story short, Melody got up and she's still alive. So if you, don't, if you think that this uh, exercise that we do with children praying for you is, uh, a, is a waste of time, then you're missing out on what God has for you. I could tell some other stories. We didn't have a lot of money uh, when we first started the ministry. We were actually below poverty level. And... Uh, so our kids would want things for Christmas. How many of you know kids like Christmas presents? And this was back in the Cabbage Patch days. And uh, Rebecca had a specific doll that she wanted. And she, and I can't remember what it was, so I can't tell you. Green dress and red hair. Pink dress and red hair. And so Melody went to the store and they said, oh, you can't even get those. She said, you can't order those. And uh, even if you order, you, we don't even know if you'll get it by Christmas. That was at the Penny's catalog store in Millersburg. And so anyway, so she put in, uh, she just put in for a Cabbage Patch doll and guess what came in that box? It was a red-haired, pink-dressed, Cabbage Patch doll. She believed, we, we never told our kids we can't afford. Even though we, in the natural, we could not afford. But we told them, you are going to have to pray. And God will answer your prayers. And they wanted stuff, and they prayed, and God answered it. 
So if you're thinking, well, this is just a waste of time having these kids pray for you, I'll tell you what, some of the best people to get pray for, to pray for you is people that just get saved. Because some of you have been around here for 50 years. <laughs> you know, you, you've got these, well, God won't answer this and God won't do that. And God, but, but, you know, these people that just get saved, we tell them, hey, God answers your prayer. So they pray and they believe and they get answers. They get answers. So believe when these children come around and pray for you. Hallelujah. Besides, they can hear God. You know children can hear God? Awful quiet in this church today. Hallelujah. Well, I'm supposed to be telling you about baptism today. And Katie does such a good job of of, uh, telling you about it every week. I said, Katie, why do I even need to preach? You tell them all about it every week. But you know what? God has, God has more than what than, than just our identity in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, I got so much, I'm going to preach on it again next week, and it's going to be totally different. Hallelujah. So, don't get bored. Get your faith up. We used to sing a song when I was in Bible, Bible school, Keep the Switch of Faith Turned On. You know what? Because if they turned off those switches back there, we'd lose the lights. And if you don't keep your face switch turned on, then you're not going to, because the Bible says the just shall live by faith. You cannot please God without faith. So even in baptism, our baptism is not some ritual we go through. It is an act of faith. And when we walk in faith, we shall receive from God. Turn to somebody and say, you must be preaching the truth today. We're preaching the truth because God is a God of faith. He spoke the world into existence. He spoke and things happened. And we're going to see later on in the scriptures that uh, even our words make a difference. So anyway, I was, uh, I was in worship. I was thinking, Lord, how am I going to start this? You know, and then God always does something. He always does something. So anyway, the scripture came to me. And if you saw me working with my phone, I was trying to find it on my Bible, on my phone, and I couldn't find it. So I'll just depend on Loretta to tell me after I, after I say it. But anyway, the Bible says, you, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. How many of you like good? Hallelujah. Don't you know that the Bible says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right, honor in your father and your mother, that it may be well with you. How many of you know it's better to be well than sick? It's better to be well than sick. It's better to have good than bad. And I want to tell you that that scripture indicates, and I'm not going to, re- I'm not going to tell you all of it, Isaiah 119. Man, I knew it was in Isaiah. But anyway, do you know that there are multitudes and multitudes and multitudes of promises in the Bible? But there are two kind of promises. 
There are conditional promises and there are unconditional promises. What is an unconditional promise? God said Jesus is coming back. God said Jesus was going to raise from the dead. Do you know Jesus died? They put him in the tomb and three days later, he rose again from the dead. Jesus says, I'm coming back. How many of you know that is an unconditional promise? Jesus is coming back. Hallelujah. Now we have a problem on our definition with soon. But he is coming back. Hallelujah. And by the way, he's coming back every day for people. They'd be here one day, they'd be gone the next. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back and he's going to change this world. Hallelujah. Anyway, so, by, so promises are... Unconditional, but most of them are conditional. Hallelujah. Are you here today? You're just sitting there looking at me like, I had to tell uh, Nathan this morning, you better smile, you're going to scare somebody. <laughs> he was standing in the doorway and I, I thought, is he going to hit me or what? But hallelujah, he gave a smile, and he's smiling now, so I guess he's good, unless he's one of those, I'll get you later. But we don't know about that. So anyway, promises are conditional and unconditional. Most of the promises in the Bible are conditional, and we wonder sometimes why God is not answering our prayers. It's because or uh, he promised me he was going to do this. Well, when you fulfill your end of the deal, he's going to fulfill his end of the deal. A lot of times we just think, well, it's automatic. You know, but really, when you're in the kingdom of God, it's a standard transmission. How many, how many ever learned to drive on a standard transmission? You have to push in the clutch. You know, if you get the right speed, you have to push in the clutch. You have to... Move the stick, and if you don't do it right, if you can't find them, you grind them. Or you get whiplash. Have you ever been in a car where somebody, somebody uh, was doing that? I remember I didn't know how to drive very well, and I was stopped at a stoplight on a hill. <laughs> it took me four times to get through that light. Well, those people behind me didn't like it. Well, you're wondering. You, you think, well, Lord, I, I confess this four times. Why isn't it happening? Well, you got to get it all together. You've got to get it. You know, and it's not that difficult. You know, I sometimes, sometimes I miss driving a standard transmission. It's kind of fun. I ha and I even had a car one time. It was a standard transmission, but it would try to tell me when to shift. I said, you ain't, you ain't telling me when to shift. I know when I'm supposed to shift. Hallelujah. But anyway, I better get to baptism. Well, how important is baptism? Let's, uh, I'm not going to start with the baptism scripture, but I wanted to show, uh, we, we sang a song today. I thought, man, that fits right in. It's in Matthew 6. Uh, and I'm going to start in verse 31. 
but I'm headed to 33. He says, therefore, do not worry, saying, how do we know when you're worrying, when you start talking about it? Say, oh, I don't worry, but yet you're, I was going to say you're running your mouth, but I shouldn't say that. <laughs> you are just talking and talking and talking about how worried you are. The reality is, Jesus says, the more you talk about it, the more worried you get. Well, how about we turn it around and start flipping the switch of faith. Keep the switch of faith turned on and start talking about the faithfulness of God. Hallelujah. I still quote some of the basic scriptures to encourage myself. It says in Hebrews, it says, He will never leave you nor forsake you, so that I may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can men do unto me. I have to say it. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. I don't just read the 91st Psalm, I speak the 91st Psalm. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That is the scripture. If you are redeemed, then start speaking it, start talking about it, start re. You say, well, you know, I'm shy. Are you shy in your bathroom? Are you shy in the shower? I'm not talking about just confronting somebody. I'm talking about confronting you. A lot of times, I just thinking about this earlier, a lot of times we're not receiving the promise because of what's going on in our mind. We are, we are confused about it. But God, there's nothing confusing about God. There's nothing confusing about God. God doesn't tell us to do things we can't do because he gives us the grace. How many of you sang Amazing Grace before? Well, that grace isn't just to save you, it's to help you in your times of need. It's to empower you. It's, to, it's those times to get you through. It empowers you to fulfill what God has for you. It is an empowerment. Grace empowers you. But he says, therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Has a husband ever said that when he walked in the door? <laughs> What's to eat? <laughs> therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Now, this is the wife's. What shall we wear? <laughs> We don't know what we're going to do, so we have to go to Marshall's. That's where Melody likes to shop. Anyway, what shall we wear? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. The Gentile, at this particular time, there was only the Old Covenant, because actually Jesus lived in the Old Covenant time until his death, burial, and resurrection, which introduced the new covenant, so the Gentiles were people that were out of covenant with God. They had no covenant with God. And so they had no right to believe God. They had no right, even though when they did operate in faith, some of them did receive. But he says, all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need it, 
that you have need of all these things. I want you to notice in verse 33, it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. There is a primary focus that we need to focus on. The primary focus is seek ye first the kingdom of God. There is another focus that we focus on. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? But it should not take and become the primary focus. If you never talk about the kingdom of God, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? What shall we do? What's, what shall we watch on TV tonight? Yeah, what? You know, everything but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. How do we seek the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is not seeking a thing or a place. It is seeking a person. If you want to, if you want to seek the kingdom of God, seek the king. If you don't know his name, his name is Jesus. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I found out that, I, that, uh, that there are things that I do that I walk in righteousness, but as I seek him, he gives us the gift of righteousness, but we have to learn to walk in righteousness. What happens when I seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things? What are these things? The things that you were worried about and talking about before. What will I eat? What will I drink? What will I wear? What, you know, what's all this? That doesn't even sound like baptism, does it? But if I'm going to seek the king, then I have to follow what the king does. I, followed, I follow the king when I follow his commands. Oh, Jesus wouldn't, I, Jesus would never command me to do anything. Jesus, said, Jesus told his disciples, and he also told us, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. Now, are you going to argue with Jesus and say, well, I don't need to be baptized? He says, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. Well, the, believe, the guy that doesn't believe is going to get baptized anyway. Not necessarily. Of course, there are some people that go, go down wet centers and, or go down dry centers and come up wet because they don't believe. They're just following some ritual. But we're not, we're not talking about ritual. We're talking about a, an act of faith that is going to bring blessing into our lives. Generally, everything that God tells us to do, commands us to do, wants us to do, is something for our benefit. Eat your spinach. Not, not the way my mom cooked it. I, I, like, I found out you can eat it green before you cook it. My mom would make, cook it till it's slime. And then they'd pour vinegar on it. And they wonder why I had a problem eating it. I still almost want to gag after thinking about that. But anyway, 
But I found, but how many of you know that, that eating spinach is good? Maybe some of you just, just love spinach. Maybe you love slimy spinach. I had a friend of mine that couldn't eat rice. He had a mental picture in his head, and I'm not going to tell you what it was. Yeah. He had a mental picture in his head, so he could not eat rice. He had the reflex every time it was set before him. He couldn't eat it. See, a lot of times it's our thinking that, that, it's our thinking that keeps us from going on with God, and we think, well, that's not important. Well, Jesus says it's important. And Jesus says that when, when you're baptized, you fulfill righteousness. Let's go on to uh, Matthew chapter 3, verse 15. Just to let you know, I got four pages of notes. But I got two pages on one page. So, anyway. So anyway, Matthew 3.15, it says, But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it fulfilleth all righteousness. He went to, he went to John, the Baptist, Jesus, and he wanted to be baptized by John. And John didn't want to do it because he said, John said, John the Baptist said, Jesus, I need to be baptized by you. But Jesus said, permit it to be so now because we are fulfilling righteousness. How many of you know that Jesus was already righteous? Jesus wasn't doing it for his sake. He was doing it for your sake. Jesus didn't go to the cross for his sake. He went for your sake. There's nothing that Jesus did that was just personally for his own benefit. Everything he did, he did for our benefit. <coughs> Thank you, Lord. Let me ask you a question. Hey, do you do everything for somebody else's benefit? I do. I do for my wife. I said, would you go get me this? Would you go get me that? See, I'm trying to get her to exercise. That was a joke. No, there's not, none of us in this room do everything for somebody else's benefit. There's, there's, oh, even, and sometimes even when we're nice to people, we do it for our own benefit. My wife used to make me nice dinners and things like that. You, and you would expect something from me. She, she's lying. She can cook. But anyway, she would do these things to get to a response from me. They were nice. But I didn't give the response. And it wasn't a good evening. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's so much nicer when you've been married for almost 50 years. You don't have as much expectation on each other. <laughs> Thank the Lord. Now I do my own laundry, I do my own cooking, and everything's just working out fine. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I tried to do her laundry one time, but I shrank some stuff. 
she says, don't, don't do my laundry. Anyway, so Jesus, Jesus said to John the Baptist, permit it to be so now to fulfill all righteousness. Then he, John the Baptist, allowed him. And when Jesus had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately out of the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit descending like a dove upon him, uh, like a dove alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice from heaven came saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Let me just say this. You can make a note of this, a mental note of this. Heaven responds to obedience. Heaven responds to obedience. So as soon as Jesus was baptized, the heavens were open. Now, I can't promise you that, you know, the, that the heavens are going to open and a dove's going to come down on you. But I can tell you the heavens will open in some form or fashion and something good <coughs> is going to happen. If you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Jesus told us to be baptized. He says, well, that'll mess up my hair. <laughs> Baptism fulfills righteousness to the saved. I just say this. Baptism fulfills righteousness to the saved. It doesn't fulfill righteousness if you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life. Thank you, Lord. Baptism follows your belief, your confession of Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. There's a blessing that comes with baptism as with Jesus, the Spirit came upon him. When he fulfilled righteousness, we'll say Jesus didn't ha already have the Spirit. No, he laid everything aside. He became just like you without sin, but he laid everything aside. He didn't come as God. He was God, but he laid that aside. And when he became obedient to the Father, then the Father poured out his spirit upon him. You know, Jesus did not do miracles as a child. He did miracles after the Holy Spirit came upon him. That's why we are continually asking for the Holy Spirit to come. You say, well, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. I have the Holy Spirit. Good for you, but there's more. There's more. There's more. Come, Holy Spirit, there's more. Thank you, Father. Jesus' baptism pleased the Father. I'm sure your baptism would also please the Father. Don't you want to please the Father? Hallelujah. I want to turn to uh, Acts, chapter eight, uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Now, Jesus told the disciples, the apostles, whatever you want to call them. He said, go into all the world, preach the gospel. He that believes and baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out demons. They shall speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. Got any takers? 
They'll take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. I believe that's just as much as part of the, of the gospel as preaching the gospel. But Jesus also said in Matthew 28, he says, go, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's one of the last things he said before he ascended. Do you think he'd give the most important instructions right before the last time they seen? Well, that's what he did. Thank you, Lord. So, in Acts 2.38, Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let me just point this out also in baptism. When you come in for baptism, you're not just getting dunked. You know, in the early church, they didn't just dunk people, they renounced Satan and, his, and the works of darkness, which is what we're going to do. You renounce Satan and the works of darkness and you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior and that God is your Father. So you are renouncing the past and you are grasping or you are taking hold of what God has for you. Thank you, Lord. It's the first step in the journey of faith. How many of you know you're on a journey? How many of you know when you got saved, you didn't arrive? How many of you know that we have a nursery here? Then there's a, then there's a children's church. Then there's a youth group. Then there is the adult class. You know, Sometimes we have to learn in the nursery before we can get to the adult class. And a lot of times it's just acts of obedience. We, we learn the primary things. Hallelujah. But we also remember. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to also go to um, Colossians chapter 1. This is really a benefit of baptism. He says, and it doesn't even mention the word. He says, for this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. Wow, wouldn't it be nice to have somebody that didn't stop praying for you? Actually, I pray, I try to pray for you every day. And this is one of the prayers. It says, do not cease to pray for you and ask that you be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing, being, being fruitful in every good work. How many of you are tired of being unfruitful? Well, God wants you to be fruitful no matter what age you are. The Bible makes a promise that even in old age, you'll bear fruit. So I'm a fruit bearer. He says, strengthen with all might according to his glorious power. How many of you would want some more strength? That's what we're praying for you. Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy, 
giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Now listen to this. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Remember I said that we renounce Satan and the, and the works of darkness. And the Bible says he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us or transferred us or translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption. You are bought with a price. You know, God does not come disinterested in you after you get saved. You're not put on the back burner. You're not forgotten about. You might think, well, God doesn't even know where I live. God knows exactly where you live. God knows exactly what you think. God knows exactly how you feel. And he wants to bring he wants to bring life into your life. Jesus said, I came that they might have life and life more abundantly, and he hasn't changed his mind. I mean, there's more life than what you're living right now. Well, yeah, when we die and go to heaven, well, sure, we're going to have more life there. But Jesus said, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven so I can experience some heaven on earth. Smile at me if you agree. Wow, I feel good now. There's this one person I was going to look at. <laughs> anyway. So, in Romans chapter 6, verse 1, he says, What shall we say to these things? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Let me put it this way. Shall we continue in the work of, works of darkness that grace may... Shall we continue in Satan's activity that grace may abound? And Paul says, certainly not. How shall we who have died to sin live any longer in it? How, do, how have I died to sin? I've never died in my, a day in my life. Well, Paul says he died daily. So maybe you die more than you think. Really, death, if you think about it, is a separation. It's the spirit man leaving the body. The, the spirit man's as alive as it's ever been. It's always going to be alive, whether in heaven or in hell. But it's always alive. So death is a separation from the physical body. But there is a separation when he says, uh, how shall we who... Uh, who have died live any longer in it. Let's just read on and it'll explain it. Or do you not know that as many of you as were baptized into Christ were baptized unto his death? Now there's two types of baptisms. There is the baptism of water, which is a demonstration of what God has already done on the inside of you. When you when you confess Christ as your Savior, you renounce the works of darkness, you renounce Satan, you are baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. And nobody ever sees that. They might see the fruit of it. They'll see the fruit of it, but God wants a demonstration so that you will make a public announcement to everybody around you Hey, I've left the old life. I'm coming into the new life. Hallelujah. 
In other words, you say, I'm leaving death and I'm coming into life. Hallelujah. I left the old. I left the old. I've got the new. You know what? I've been a sin. Well, I, you might still consider me a sinner. But God doesn't see me that way. God sees me as a new creation in Christ Jesus. God sees me as a son of God. How does he see you? He sees you as a child of God. He sees you as a new creation. He sees you as blood bought and blood washed. The blood of Jesus isn't like tide. Tide will leave a stain. The blood of Jesus, the Bible says, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Say, well, why do I keep thinking about it? It's because he doesn't cleanse your mind. He cleanses your spirit, man. He makes you a new man in your spirit, and he gives you a bar of lye soap to scrub your mind. Why does the Bible say be renewed in the spirit of your mind? Why does the Bible say that, uh, that we're not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. For those of you that are worried, I'm really close to being done. Thank you, Lord. So he says, Therefore, being buried with him through baptism unto death, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. Baptism is not just about death. Baptism is also about you being raised into newness of life. You are not obligated to fulfill the old life. You are not obligated to those old lusts, those old desires. You say, well, I still have a problem. Well, get closer to Jesus and those problems will start to melt away. You know, there was a song, it was a Christian song years ago. I was irritated with it because it wasn't scriptural. You know, uh, it was actually taken from Revelation. The song, the, the chorus went, his eyes are soft and tender, but there's fire in his hands. You know, if you read the book of Revelation, there's fire in his eyes. And the closer you get to that fire, that fire will burn off that stuff that has been hindering you, that stuff that's been holding you, that stuff that's been pulling you down. He does nothing to hurt you. Another, uh, another point about that would be uh, Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah saw the Lord and he says, Woe is me, for I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips. I can relate to that. I, I used to be a sailor. <laughs> and I shudder. Sometimes I shudder at some of the things. I don't, I don't know. Probably in the army, you guys didn't talk like that. <laughs> didn't, didn't at all. Praise the Lord. Anyway. But... The, the closer I get to my God, the more that burns up. 
reminds me of a song. I haven't sang, I was just thinking this, I haven't sang as much as I used to. The closer I get to you, <laughs> the more you make me feel. I know that's an old one, but anyway. The closer I get to him, the more righteousness I begin to feel. It's not because of what I do. It's because of what he, he has done. And I'm going to close with this scripture. He says in uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse 16, we have known and believed the love that God has for us. To think, you know, you can know the love of God, but if you don't believe it, it's hard. We have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. The, more you, the closer you get to him and the more you experience his love, you fear judgment less and less. You know, there's a lot of Christians that fear death. They fear what's on the other side. But the closer we get to him, the more God begins to remove that judgment. And it's not his judgment, it's just our fear of judgment. He says that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Now, I'm not telling you that baptism is going to make you more like him because the reality is, is God already sees you as him. There was a, uh, some of you have heard this story before. I love telling it. Uh, I don't tell it very often, but when I was a real young Christian, I wasn't in the ministry and I went to this church where the, where the pastor was really overbearing. You know, it was his way or the highway, you know. You know, I actually learned more of what not to do, you know, than what to, what to do in some situations. But anyway, and I remember that he and this, he was kind of a fellow minister, but he was in the church. Brother Wayne Brooks, that's what we called him. I don't even know if he's still alive today. The pastor's not alive, but anyway, in this world. But anyway, they went to a house, and this woman was possessed with a demon. That doesn't mean that she was out of control or anything like that. You know, some, de some demons are almost more classy than some Christians, but anyway... <laughs> Anyway, this demon was resisting being pushed out. And this demon said, who do you think you are? This is coming from a woman. Sounds like a man. Who do you think you are? And he said before he thought about it, Wayne said, out of his mouth came, I am Jesus. And he said, as soon as he said that, fear struck him. Because Brother Powell 
was right next to him. And he thought, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hear it now. But that demon, you know what that demon said? That demon said, well, I have to obey Jesus. And it left. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? You don't just represent Jesus. You have Jesus on the inside of you. Because as he is, so are we in this world. If I'm going to follow Jesus, I want to do what Jesus told me. And as I do what Jesus told me, if I'm, good, uh, if I'm willing and obedient, I'll eat the good of the land. And then let's finish with this, this same scripture. There is no fear in love. How many of you like to get rid of your fear? There is no fear in love because perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Don't let that word perfect scare you. That, all that word means is mature. God wants us to mature in his love. Mature. Yeah, you might think you know how much God loves you now, but it's a lot more than you realize. You don't, you know, you might think, oh, oh, God, 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 oh, yeah, I know God really loves me, but it's more than you know. One of the scriptures I, uh, I pray for you is in um, Ephesians chapter 3, and it says that, that we would be rooted and grounded in love and that we would be filled with all the fullness of God. What do you think it would be like if you actually came to the place where you realized you were filled with all the fullness of God? Do you think if you're filled with all the fullness of God, those things that you struggle with, would still, you'd still be struggling? I don't think so. So, the, so it's not just trying to get rid of the old, it's trying to get closer to him because the closer I get to him, the more he causes that stuff to fade out. The closer I get to him, the more the fear fades out. The closer I get to him, the more the anxiety fades out. The closer I get to him, the more the, um, the, more the temptations begin to fade out. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. And we thank you, Father God, even as the old song says, when I trust in the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. There's a lot of truth in that statement. There's a lot of truth. And the power of God is there to enable you to do it. I'm going to ask the healing team to come up.